BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for May 29th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, Memorial Day, wherever you may be. I want to sit here and I want to shit all over Monday Night Raw. I really do. It's just a common theme with how I feel about this show. It's, you know, I don't want to sit here and say it was a terrible show because it wasn't terrible, but it's the same shit every week. I feel like a broken record every single week. Now, last week, that was garbage. It was not anywhere close to being last week's show, but that does not make it good. That just makes WWE lazy. I want to sit here and I want to complain about Monday Night Raw, and I feel like I'm a lone soldier on the battlefield in the IWC trying to knock everybody into some common sense. It's me and legitimately a handful of other podcasters in the community that's seeing exactly what we are being given every single week. And when I say something on social media, you'll get the, the troll on social media who thinks I'm brainwashing you guys into thinking what I want you to think. And it's, it's quite sad, actually, that nobody could really see what the fuck is going on on Monday Night Raw. I legitimately, and I mean this, I mean this, this is a serious question. And I'd love for somebody, anybody in the community to come here or reach out to me. I'm very easy to find. I want somebody to really come and tell me, where's the story on Monday Night Raw? There is no story on Monday night. Legitimately, we have three hours of a wrestling program and there's no story. Seth Rollins is the world's heavyweight champion. 
just crowned on Saturday night at Night of Champions. You would think WWE would line up a challenger for him, being that we have money in the bank in little in a little more than a month, right? Well, four and a half weeks, we got money in the bank. Fourth of July weekend. Where's Seth Rollins' challenger? No stories. No stories. Don't even get me started on Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar hasn't given you a fucking explanation on the story in about a month and a half. There is no story. And stop trying to tell me that there is one and stop using the excuses that Brock Lesnar can do whatever the fuck he wants. No, he can't. Because I know you would be the first fucking person to tell me about anything that you watch. What if John Wick didn't have a fucking story going into part four, huh? I guarantee you the internet would have melted all over the place. What happened here? Why is there no story? Why is there a logic gap here? Blah, 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 blah. No story. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they have no story on Monday night. They got to go to Friday night to find their story And they are raw talents. Where is the story for Gunther? Why haven't we gotten anybody lined up for him for the Intercontinental Championship? We got a little tease of Matt Riddle tonight, but I mean, does anybody expect that to go anywhere? And don't even get me started on the women's division. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. That story has fucking shit the bed already. Soon as Trish Stratus dumped Becky Lynch and Lita, that storyline shit the bed. There is no story there. And whatever it is, it's fucking terrible. So again, I ask, where is the story on Monday night? Yet people want me to sit here and praise the show that we watched on Monday. You're being given garbage and you're bending over backwards and taking whatever WWE feeds you. That's basically the entirety of the IWC. And then when I say something and I try to ask a question and I get fucking people coming at me saying that I'm an AEW shill, I'm this and that, I don't say these negative things about AEW and all this other garbage that I got to get thrown every single week. It's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. When WWE gives us something to praise, I will be the first in the community to give you praise on whatever they do. Like the bloodline. We got that on Saturday night, didn't we? I praised it. I thought that was fucking dramatic, cinematic, excellent television. I enjoyed Night of Champions as a whole on Saturday afternoon. I praised the show. But then going into Monday, we get this. There is no story. No matter how much a match here is good and a match there is good and they gave you money in the bank qualifiers, at the end of the day, there is no story on Monday Night Raw. And the only story that exists in WWE is in the bloodline. It's like, hey, we'll write for these guys and then everybody else, hey, who gives a shit? It's exactly what they do. It's tiresome. It really is tiresome. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins won the World Heavyweight Championship on Saturday afternoon against AJ Styles at Night of Champions. Well-deserved. The right choice was always Seth Rollins. You would figure WWE would come into Monday already having somebody in mind for Seth Rollins and the World Heavyweight Championship going into Night of Champions. If you thought that they had somebody lined up, you were mistaken. 
Of course they didn't. They didn't give a shit when they boarded that plane leaving Saudi Arabia. They didn't have nothing planned for Seth Rollins. Now, again, I'm going to ask, because it's a legitimate question and a legitimate gripe. AJ Styles showed up. Absolutely no explanation at all as to why he's there. They alluded to him being there. They made mention of him being there and made mention of him being a SmackDown superstar tonight. But they didn't really give you an explanation, a reason why he was there this evening. And don't tell me he was there to congratulate Seth Rollins and don't tell me that he was there to offer a handshake to Seth Rollins. That's not a reason to break the rules of a draft where the roster is separated from Monday and Friday. It's not a reason. So you guys can leave that shit outside. Don't even bother. Why was AJ Styles on Monday night? That was the most that they got for Seth Rollins. Our tag team match, they got nobody lined up. Unless we're being swerved and Styles is going to start working on Monday Night Raw and he's going to be in a rematch with Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship and somehow he's going to turn heel and then we'll get the OC battling Seth Rollins. I have no fucking idea what the fuck we're doing. They were in a tag team match tonight. I could see Vince McMahon going the can they coexist rule. Two over baby faces. Can they coexist on Monday Night Raw? Or maybe it's somebody in the Judgment Day, being that the Judgment Day stood face-to-face with Seth Rollins at the beginning of tonight's show. Maybe it's Damian Priest, maybe it's Finn Balor, and oh my goodness, man, you guys are absolutely out of your fucking minds. shit indeed man we got junk man junk with a 200 dollar super chat and the men don't even leave a fucking message you guys are absolutely crazy no message and junk man junk that was his first super chat in the ots venue man the man knows how to make an entrance get this guy whatever the fuck he wants to drink He just came in and just dropped the $200 spot right on top of the bar. Get him the finest beverage in the venue. Easy. Unbelievable. Junk man junk. Thank you so much, brother. Enjoy the show. Maybe it's Finn Balor. Maybe it's Finn Balor. Maybe it's somebody in the Judgment Day. I have no clue. I have no clue. No clue. That would be pretty cool for Seth Rollins to go against... Finn Balor in his first feud as a throwback, make him the champion, have Finn Balor lined up as his first opponent. I don't expect Finn Balor to win the championship, but at least it's something. Maybe they're building to something like that, but they should have somebody already in mind for Seth Rollins in the World Heavyweight Championship, and something like that should have already been established on this show tonight. Maybe it's neither one of them. Maybe it's returning Drew McIntyre. He's on Monday Night Raw, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe we'll see him. I have no clue. Turning heel. I think that would be great. So that remains to be seen. But you would think Seth Rollins would have somebody established on tonight's show, being that we have four weeks till we get to Money in the Bank. Legitimately, four weeks. Money in the Bank qualifiers. Money in the Bank qualifiers began tonight for the men. Next week, they begin for the women. It looks like 
WWE, with the start of the Money in the Bank qualifiers, have six people in each match. Six for the men and six for the women. I like that. That means three from Raw and three from SmackDown. I think that's the sweet spot. I think that's the number when you start venturing into the eights and the tens. That's a little too much, man. That's a little uh, overdone. And I honestly think six is a right number in a way of thinking of, hey, not everybody can be in this thing. The more spots you open up, the less prestigious the match is. Now, speaking of money in the bank and prestigious, those words should not go in the same sentence because money in the bank over the last several years has been an absolute fucking comedy show for WWE. They've done nothing but drag the entire concept down. I'm actually surprised that the concept is back as its own standalone pay-per-view after Triple H wanted to cancel all premium live events with gimmicks attached to them. I've been saying for years that Money in the Bank should be removed as its own PLE, premium live event, and I honestly think the concept, the match concept, should be back on WrestleMania for the men and the women. One match happening on Saturday, the other match happening on Sunday. Same concept applies. Money in the Bank briefcase. The winner gets an opportunity at the world title over the next 12 months and can cash in at any given opportunity. Six women, six men. That's what I would have done. And I honestly would have put King of the Ring in the spot that Money in the Bank sits in right now on the pay-per-view calendar. But I can't get my way, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much logic and common sense I make on this show, I'm not going to get my way, and we're not going to get what I just laid out to you. WWE has done nothing for the Money in the Bank briefcase, and I think everybody really is on their last leg, if not dead completely with the concept, after what Austin Theory did last year with the Money in the Bank briefcase. He cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase on the United States champion. I believe then it was Seth Rollins, and he won the United States championship with the Money in the Bank briefcase. I mean, that was the most ridiculous fucking thing I have ever seen. Now, granted, it did help Austin Theory out in the long term because it actually changed his gimmick, and they were changing his character on TV, and honestly, it was a anchor that was holding him down. But the fact that he didn't cash in on Roman Reigns and use it as intended to cash in on Roman Reigns instead of cashing in on Seth Rollins, I mean, it honestly killed the entire concept of the Money in the Bank briefcase, and we got another 100... are fucking crazy, man. Holy shit. Jason Barker with a $100 super chat. Jason, thank you so much, brother. He says, there is no story. I wish for every storyline from jobber to main event to be treated like the bloodline story. That way, each week, it feels important. I love what you do. What are you drinking? Jason, I ask you the same thing, brother. What the fuck are you drinking Thank you for being here, and yes, there is no story. There is no story. These people creatively write for a living, and they have three hours of television, and they don't write shit. It's bloodline, and that's it. That's all that matters to them. Everything else, you are barely going to get a story 
And if you do, it doesn't really even matter. It doesn't resonate. There's no investment there. It just sucks. WWE right now is ice cold. And there won't be any story. There won't be any story going into Money in the Bank. Because you know what WWE thinks? Well, we don't need any story. It's all about the briefcase. It's all about challenging to get into the match and then battling it out over the briefcase, pal. That's it. There is no story. So WWE with the gimmick pay-per-views, what they usually do with the gimmick pay-per-views is they hide their laziness. That's what they do. They use these gimmick pay-per-views. Bruce and Vince did it for years. Survivor Series was absolutely in-your-face laziness. They relied on the champion versus champion matches to book the show. They said, well, we don't really need any story because we have this gimmick behind it. That's exactly what they're doing now. They are not writing stories because they got the gimmick of the Money in the Bank briefcase and the Money in the Bank ladder match to catapult them into the next month. So that's what they're going to do. They're not going to give you any real story, knowing that the briefcase is the most important thing on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So, yes, there is no story. And the Money in the Bank briefcase, as I was saying before, Jason so generously donated $100 to the show tonight. WWE is going to have a huge uphill battle with the Money in the Bank briefcase. They have done so much damage to the briefcase to make it seem important. It looks like a joke to the entire WWE audience. It looks like a joke to everybody watching the show because WWE has treated it as a joke. So I don't know what they're going to do this year to rectify that, to fix that glaring problem, but they are going to have a huge uphill battle in getting anybody to give a shit about it after what they did last year with Austin Theory and the years before Austin Theory, ruining the entire concept of the briefcase. I don't even remember the last time I actually gave a shit about a cash-in. The last cash-in I actually cared about was probably Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 30, 30, what was it, 31? 31 or 33? I don't even remember, 33. So that's the last time that I actually gave a shit about the Money in the Bank briefcase. I don't care. I don't care. And a lot of people are spawning off names about who should win the briefcase. Dominic Mysterio, this guy, that guy. There's only one winner to me. There's only one winner. If not Cody Rhodes, L.A. Knight, that is it. If it's not Cody, L.A. Knight needs to win Money in the Bank. That's all I'm going to say. 31. It was 31. I don't, even, I don't even remember what fucking years anymore. I don't. I don't even remember. WrestleMania 31. That's the only time I remember. That's the only cash-in I cared about because of the time and the place that it happened. So WWE is going to have a huge uphill battle to make anybody give a shit about the briefcase, no matter who wins it this year. So hopefully they do that. Hopefully they have something in mind, and hopefully they have some... Decent plans going into the pay-per-view because right now, with what we're seeing on Monday night, I just don't trust them. No tag team title situation rectified at all. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are still seemingly feuding with the bloodline. Nothing really is going on there with those guys. We got more nonsense from Cody Rhodes. A whole lot of nothing coming out of the American Nightmare's mouth that I don't give a shit about. Cody Rhodes is becoming more nauseating as the weeks go on. And he challenged Brock Lesnar to another match tonight. When? I don't know. 
Will it be money in the bank? Is Cody going to challenge Brock at money in the bank? Will they wait on Cody and Brock and do it at SummerSlam? Will Cody be okay to compete in the money in the bank if he wants to qualify? I don't know how many more spots are going to open up for Cody Rhodes, but it looks like there's only one more spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match for Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw. Will that go to him? I don't know. I don't know. But a whole lot of nothing coming out of Cody Rhodes' mouth. I just wish that WWE would end this garbage. We'll go over what he said. Brock Lesnar wasn't there. Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark. That happened on Night of Champions on Saturday afternoon. What did they do to enhance Zoe Stark on Monday night? Is that working well? And we got new women's tag team champions. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are the new women's tag team champions. And I'm here to tell you that no matter who won those championships, it could have been anybody else. But with Ronda and Shayna, I'm going to tell you this, with the women's tag team titles, nothing will change no matter who the champions are. Ronda and Shayna have inherited absolutely irrelevant titles. Good luck to those ladies on thinking that they're going to do something magically with those titles and make the division seem worthwhile. They will not, and WWE doesn't care. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on the show this evening. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me. It was a very successful weekend. We had almost 4,000 in the venue on Saturday afternoon for Night of Champions. We had almost 2,600 people in here last night at 1 a.m. in the morning for AEW Double or Nothing. And tonight we have 2,500 in the venue for what was a very lackluster Monday Night Raw. But I thank you guys for a tremendous weekend as we are on our way to 146,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, man. Become a part of the OTS family. Daily uploads, live streams after every major show. I never miss them. I never miss them. Even when I feel like I do now, I never miss them. I would have to be dead to not be here. Or something really tragic would have to happen for me not to be here. But I thank you guys for joining me, man. So hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up as well. Let's try for a thousand likes on tonight's live stream. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go check out all of the content you might have missed. Night of Champions, Double or Nothing, Smackdown on Friday. Go check it all out. And the extras all on the homepage if you missed any of the content from the podcast. I got some news, man. Today. Today. The flight and the hotel for AEW All-In is booked. I will be attending All-In at Wembley. This will be my first time in the UK. I will be holding a meet and greet. Details are being ironed out right now about where it will be. Location will be announced in in the coming weeks. Time, date, place, all that will be announced in the coming weeks. I will have exclusive merchandise for you guys to buy at the meet and greet. I will be picking one of the finest pubs in London for you guys to meet and greet. 
and it will be on Saturday night before the show, man, because I tell you this, I know you guys out there, my fans out there, you are the master of the cold beverage. I'm not doing some shit on Sunday afternoon where we got to rush to go watch the show, man. I'm doing it on Saturday night because I want to relax. I want them ice cold, and I want nobody to stress about anything, man. Saturday night before All In, we're having the biggest fucking meet and greet in the UK. OTS style. So look forward to that, man. Information coming soon. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. As always, I want to thank Jason Barker and Junkman Junk for their incredible generosity so far tonight. So get them on in. Memberships are open. You guys can always sign up and become a member of the OTS VIP Club. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. You guys are going to get 20% off and free shipping on everything you order. Father's Day is coming up. It's a great time to go shop some Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20. I want to thank them for sponsoring the show right here on Monday Night Raw. Jesse will indeed be with me in the UK. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jesse will indeed be with me in the UK. We will be there together. Jesse will be at the meet and greet. Jesse and I will be conducting our business with you guys. Like I said, date and location soon to be announced. Let's start with Monday Night Raw at the top, man. Monday Night Raw started off with Seth Rollins. As it should, because he's the world heavyweight champion and this is his show. I made a comment on social media. I said something on social media that I will reiterate to you guys, and I really do stand behind this, and I do really believe this. And I said at the beginning of the show, Seth Rollins has become the number one babyface on Monday Night Raw, and he has moved ahead of Cody Rhodes. Seth Rollins is the number one babyface on Monday Night Raw. He's moved ahead of Cody Rhodes, Clearly, this is my opinion, and you may not agree, but Cody, under this current storyline with Brock Lesnar, has become insufferable. End quote. Don't at me. Don't combat me. I don't care what you think. Cody Rhodes uh, is just an insufferable character at this point in the WWE. Seth Rollins opens the show, and I love 
how everybody claimed that the reason why Seth Rollins and AJ Styles went on first at Night of Champions was because he had to fly back to the United States because he had movie obligations to finish up as he's filming a small role in Captain America, the new Captain America movie. Clearly, Seth Rollins did not fly back to the United States early. Clearly, Seth Rollins flew flew back with the rest of the roster on the flight and landed together with his colleagues to show up on Monday Night Raw as the World Heavyweights Champion. I don't know where you get your news. I don't know who you follow on social media. All I have to tell you is that whoever you are listening to has zero sources. Stop listening to the fucking geeks who have no life that desperately want to be content creators and in the business sitting in their own fucking basements while they jerk off to all the other dirt sheets trying to steal their news. Rollins did not fly back early and he was on Monday Night Raw so clearly that report was debunked as fake. Just want to throw that out there. So stop telling me all I heard Oh, the reason why this match went on first is because I heard this news that Rollins was flying back early to go do movie obligations for Captain America. No, the reason why it went on first is because WWE prioritizes Roman Reigns over everything else in the company. That's why it went on first. You fucking break. Stop listening to the virgins with no knowledge or sources in the community. I beg of you, please. Rollins. He made his way through the crowd. We got a nice little homage to the beginnings of Seth Rollins in the shield. Comes down, walking through the crowd, and he got a huge ovation. Huge ovation. Fans are singing his song. He gets into the ring eventually. He grabs the microphone, and fans are chanting, you deserve it. And he does. And he does. Seth Rollins is one of the most selfless men in the entire company. And he has done everything that this company has asked him to do. He has put everybody else before him. And this is his opportunity to finally be the man and be rewarded for all of his loyalty, hard work, and dedication. That's what I like to see. And he does deserve it. He said he's the world's heavyweight champion and it just feels right. He says he does not want to talk about the past. He'd rather talk about the future. He said, finally, Raw has a champion who wants to be there and is going to be there and is ready for a fight. So clearly that was an inside stab without really mentioning his name towards Roman Reigns. Seth says he wants a fight. He says, if you step up to face him, the result will always be the same, ending with his arm raised and fans singing his song. AJ Styles walked out. And I started to uh, already, five minutes into the show, question what WWE is doing here. Seth Rollins is confronted by AJ Styles. Now, Corey Graves did say he is from SmackDown, and he is the wrestler who was defeated by Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. AJ Styles entered the ring and said, I know, I know, I'm on SmackDown but I couldn't resist showing up to Raw to congratulate him. He said Seth knew what he was going to do before he did it. He said the fans say 
he deserves it, but he thinks Seth doesn't deserve anything. He says he earned the right to be the world heavyweight champion. So they shook hands and they embraced in the middle of the ring. It's great. Gotta love AJ, man. AJ is a very respectful individual. Good for AJ, man, being the uh, bigger man here, right? But I have to ask, otherwise I wouldn't be doing my job. Why is AJ Styles on Monday night? Some brand split we got, huh? That brand split really coming into effect here. Yeah, man, you gotta love how Vince McMahon thinks, right? Oh, but, but Vince isn't running the show. Yes, he is. Vince is certainly running the fucking show. Vince makes the final call on everything. Vince is running the show remotely. Everything that Triple H does has to get filtered through Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon then makes the changes that he wants remotely because he knows he can't be there because nobody wants him there. And it would be a bad public image because then the lie would be exposed. But he's not in the weeds. If he's there, then that means he's in the weeds. So he's basically kind of kind of not lying to you, but lying to you at the same time. He's not in the weeds, but he's still running the show. It's exactly what's going on. Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit about a brand split. Vince McMahon does not give a shit about keeping the brand separate and upholding the brand split. He don't give a fuck. Everything that Triple H wants to do is overrided by Triple H. Or by, uh, by Vince McMahon. Everything he does. Triple H is nothing more than a puppet. Triple H is nothing more than a fucking figurehead and Vince McMahon runs the show. Why? Why is AJ Styles on Monday night? Oh, but he's there for a handshake. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's there because Vince McMahon wants him there. Oh, he's there to congratulate Seth Rollins. No, he's not. Those are not reasons to be on Monday Night Raw. If you want to do the draft and have separate rosters then you need to adhere to the brand-to-brand split. That's what you need to do. They've already gone against their own rules six or seven different times, and the draft legitimately concluded a month ago. Nothing has changed. Absolutely zero has changed, and nothing will change until that man is in the fucking grave six feet under. It's fucking ridiculous. And it's quite disgusting and it's frustrating as a fan because we want things to be done the right way and I want logic when I watch my show and this is anything but. AJ Styles should not be on this show and nobody from SmackDown should be on this show. If you are on Raw, then you are on Raw. If you're on SmackDown, then you are on SmackDown. I need people to start writing some quality shit on Monday without having anything to worry about on Friday. That's what I want. And we're not getting that. Judgment Day walked out. Finn Balor asks if that is making everyone feel nauseous. The camaraderie between Styles and Rollins. Damian Priest says he's making them feel nauseous. Priest said after watching Night of Champions, he realized they run WWE. I see no lies detected here. I see no lies. Bloodline isn't even the fucking bloodline anymore, man. Judgment Day is now the most powerful, consisting group in WWE. There you go. 
So Balor says they beat the undisputed tag team champions, which is something Roman Reigns couldn't even do. Ripley told Seth that he shouldn't get too comfortable with being champion because one of them might beat him. I don't think so. Balor says it could be Priest. Priest then says it could be Balor. Rhea Ripley says, hey, it could be my dom-dom. Styles and Seth broke into laughter at the fact of Dominic beating either one of them. Fans then chanted, Dom sucks, Dom sucks. Balor says they watched Seth and Styles beat the shit out of each other. Dominic broke in and says they'll finish the job tonight. Styles says that almost sounded like a challenge. Seth said it did sound like a challenge, and I'm up for a match with the Judgment Day in the main event tonight. This was some solid stuff outside the fact of AJ Styles showing up on Monday Night Raw when he is a SmackDown talent. Please, for the love of God, keep the brands separate. The only time... You know what? This is what people don't realize. This is what people don't realize. Do you understand that every time somebody from SmackDown... And yes, I'm going to make it a big deal, so shut the fuck up. Every time, every time somebody from SmackDown shows up on Raw and someone from Raw shows up on SmackDown... You know, look at a pay-per-view like Money in the Bank where we're going to have both brands being represented in the men's and ladies' Money in the Bank ladder matches. Do you realize that every time somebody from the opposite brand shows up on a show on their, on the other brand, if SmackDown shows up on Raw and Raw shows up on SmackDown and then you get Money in the Bank, that the significance and the importance and the impact of the talents competing in the same match on the pay-per-view is lessened and it's hurting the match because every fucking show, every Monday, every Friday, there's somebody from the opposite brand showing up on the show. You know, the same thing happens when we get something like the Royal Rumble or a King of the Ring tournament or a War Games or something like that. WWE needs to keep this separate because there's only a handful of times in which Raw does mingle with SmackDown. If they mingle with SmackDown and Raw every single week, then the the, the money in the bank and all these gimmick matches where they are supposed to mingle with the opposite brand, it's going to be affected. But nobody sees it that way. Nobody sees it that way. I do. WWE needs to start seeing it that way. Stop being so lenient and lazy with who shows up where. If you are on Raw, you are on Raw. If you're on SmackDown, you are on SmackDown. Simple. Stop breaking the fucking rules. As a fan, personally, I'm sick and tired of it. It sucks. Because I know that they are so much better than they are. And nobody gives a shit. Maybe they should hire me as a fucking creative consultant. This shit would never fucking fly past me. I always ask questions. Adam Pearce was backstage. He was on the phone. I'm assuming he was on the phone with Triple H. That's what they want you to think is running the show. Even though it flies in the face of what they're trying to do. Everybody wants this tag team match. Even if it flies in the face of what they're trying to do. With separating Raw and SmackDown and Styles was drafted to SmackDown, he walked over to Seth and Styles and told them, listen, I'm trying to work through the red tape, trying to get this match done. Seth said, Pierce, just make the match. We're here, just make the match. Pierce asked Styles if he has his gear. 
Styles says, yes, of course I have my gear. I'm a professional. Why would you even ask me? Seth looked at Adam Pierce's phone and saw who he was talking to and acted impressed. Pierce then heard from the person on the phone and said that the tag team match was official. Okay, they acknowledged that Seth Rollins and AJ Styles will be teaming up tonight and Styles is from SmackDown, but they never gave an explanation. They never gave an explanation. Now, the guy on the phone, he said okay to it, but that doesn't really give me the reason that I'm looking for. It's lazy, and it's in-your-face fucking blatant. Stop. First, Money in the Bank qualifier. I actually quite like that they're qualifying to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match, being that there's only six spots and we got four weeks to go. They should be doing qualifying matches. So I like this. Miz versus Ricochet. Money in the Bank qualifying match. I actually thought this was pretty decent for what it was. I thought this was decent. Ricochet is always great. And The Miz. I'll say this about The Miz, man. You know, we can sit here and shit on The Miz. We can say that Miz is one of the worst offensive wrestlers in the entire company. But the last month, month and a half, Miz has had some decent matches for himself on Monday Night Raw. Now, I don't know if it's going to be some sort of uh, kind of second coming of the Miz and kind of tweaking what he does, but he's gotten in there with the likes of Rollins and Nakamura and Ricochet, and he's putting on some decent in-ring matches. They're not great, but he's actually showing you that he could hang with some of these guys, and it's not an easy thing to do. Now, yes, he's a resident jobber. He's a jobber to the stars. People are now getting wins over The Miz and kind of moving past him, but he's been putting on some decent performances, man. You got to give the guy some credit. So that's all I'll say there. Decent little match. Fine for a Money in the Bank qualifier. Miz actually took Ricochet down with a head scissor takedown, and he went on some offense on Ricochet. So they're on the outside. Miz went after Ricochet at ringside. He rammed him into the announce desk, threw him back into the ring. Miz landed a nice top rope forearm for a two count. And they're going back and forth later in the match. Miz scored a near fall off of a nice-looking DDT. You know Ricochet is going to sell for everybody. That was a nice-looking DDT by the Miz. Ricochet starts making a babyface comeback. He eventually goes to the top rope. He lands a shooting star press. On Miz for the one, two, three, and Ricochet is the first man to qualify for a money in the bank ladder match spot. You can't have a money in the bank ladder match without Ricochet. I mean, that goes without saying. So clearly, WWE is putting Ricochet in there for what he is capable of doing off of a ladder and with a ladder. And Ricochet looks better in the match than the Miz does. So that's why Ricochet won here. I have absolutely. No problem with that whatsoever. But I do wonder if they're trying to recreate or redefine who The Miz is. This is what I was thinking while I'm watching The Miz the last month and a half. Are they really trying to redefine who The Miz is? If we go back and look at The Miz, and I'm saying if you go back to 2016 Miz, where he was feuding with Dolph Ziggler over the IC title on SmackDown, I know you guys remember that. That's the Miz I want back. That's the type of Miz that I think would bring some decent quality to whatever brand he's on. 
I hope that's the case. Because for, for far too long, Miz has been a nothing on this show. He's been absolutely irrelevant in everything he does for the last couple of years. If they start going back to that Miz, I'll have no problem with him being on TV. Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus, she's out there, and this is something that I was actually very interested in seeing because of what we got on Saturday afternoon with Trish Stratus getting help from Zoe Stark, the newest addition to the women's division, called up from NXT. Zoe Stark is now aligned with Trish Stratus. She said she didn't need Zoe Stark's help but Stark wanted to help. She said she hasn't seen that much aggression and ruthlessness in a long time. She said Stark reminds her of herself. She asked fans to stand and applaud as she introduced Zoe Stark. Stark walked out and she was slightly booed. I couldn't really tell because WWE piped in so much fake crowd noise that I did not know what was real and what was artificial because Albany was actually quite alive tonight. The crowd in Albany Albany did not really sit around not making any noise. They They were pretty loud all night, so I don't know what was going on. But I did hear the what chance in between for Trish and Zoe Stark, as WWE more than likely was trying to drown them out. I wonder why Trish Stratus is getting what chance? She sucks as a heel, and she's not believable as a heel. Her cadence and her her presence and her presentation as a heel sucks. There's nothing to it. There's nothing to it. So Zoe gets into the ring. She entered the ring, she hugged Trish, and she took the microphone. Fans started booing her, artificial boos raining down upon us. She said she wanted to come to WWE to make a statement. She said the best way to do that was to align herself with the OG. She said she could have taken the long road like Becky did, or she could be smart and be led by Trish. She said Trish was so giving so humble and so kind. I have to tell Trish tonight, thank you, Trish. Trish said if Becky shows up again to try and mess with her perfect face, she will have her friend Zoe Stark mess her up. Now, I was interested to see where this was going because I quite liked the addition of Zoe Stark getting thrown in there with somebody like Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. Now, this was Saturday afternoon. Now we're on Monday night, and after hearing this promo by Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark, I unfortunately have to be the bearer of bad news. It did not get any better with Zoe Stark being added to the Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch feud. Zoe Stark, I don't know what it is, and I'm going to say this as a critic, and I'm going to say this as somebody that's watched a lot of NXT, a lot of Zoe Stark, a lot of just pro wrestling in general. A lot of WWE in general. We all know that Trish isn't the strongest on the microphone. And this heel shtick that she's doing is just not good. Zoe Stark is going to bring that intensity that Trish Stratus is clearly missing from this feud with Becky Lynch. 
But the way Zoe Stark comes off when she cuts a promo, she's just very excited. She's very all over the place. Zoe Stark really needs to calm it down and speak with intent and speak with purpose. It's almost as if she's too excited when she speaks and she's getting she's getting ahead of herself a little bit too quickly. If you guys know what know what I mean and know where I'm coming from, it's just it's not it's not there. Promo wise, it's not there, and this did not come off well at all. It did not. There were, there were a lot of what chants. There were a lot of piped-in crowd noise. If you have to pipe in crowd noise for something like this, you're already telling the viewing audience at home that you don't believe in the story that you're trying to tell, and you don't believe in Zoe Stark. I would rather listen to the fucking dead crowd than you pipe in fake crowd noise for somebody like Zoe Stark. At least at that point, I know it's real. This is not real. This is not organic. It's not natural in any way, shape, or form. So this is already off to a rough start with Zoe Stark. Now, it did it did get a little bit better because Becky did show up, and Becky walked out in her wrestling gear. She walked out in the same wrestling gear that she had at Night of Champions on Saturday afternoon. Becky said, since they're all in their ring gear, minus Zoe, she suggested that Trish finish the one-on-one match right now, being that Zoe helped Trish cheat on Saturday afternoon. When Zoe Stark charged at Becky, Becky knocked her down with a punch and threw her into the barricade. Nicely done. I thought that was nice. She turned back and went right after Trish. Becky knocked Trish down, turned to knock Starks off the apron, who jumped back up on the apron. Becky was with Trish in a Lutez press, and started punching away at her. Stark attacked her from behind. Trish and Zoe double-teamed Becky, and Zoe gave her the Z360 once again. They placed Becky in the corner. Zoe took off her T-shirt that said, Thank you, Trish, and put it over Becky's face as she laid there in the corner. The beatdown was good. I actually enjoyed the beatdown. Zoe brought that intensity that I told you guys was going to be a good thing for this feud. She brought that to the post-interview beatdown. But other than that, I didn't really think this, this hit, this did not resonate, and it's already off to a rough start. I don't know how we are going to get through two, possibly three matches with Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. I don't. Zoe is certainly going to be a nice addition Maybe we get Lita added. I mentioned this on Saturday. Maybe we get Becky and Lita teaming up again to take on Zoe and Trish Stratus at SummerSlam. Maybe that is what they're going for. I don't know. I don't know. Becky Lynch next week has a qualifying match for the Money in the Bank ladder match, and she will be going up against Sonya Deville. Zoe Stark is also in the Money in the Bank qualifying match next week as she's going one-on-one with Natalia. So Becky and Zoe are going to be in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. That will probably continue uh, the feud and take the feud into the next stage going into SummerSlam. I do not see Becky Lynch or Zoe Stark winning Money in the Bank. Zoe would be a perfect candidate for Money in the Bank, but I just don't see that being the case so soon. So we will see what happens with that. Uh, I am standing firm on this. I did not think this was all that well tonight with Zoe and Trish. Indus share. We got Veer and Sangha. They went up against 
two jobbers. I don't know who these guys were. Javier Bernal, I think, was one of them. He was an NXT talent. The other guy I did not know. Uh, all you need to know is that in this share, Veer and Sangha, they got the squash victory in about one minute. I have to ask, where does this go? Like, where are we going with in this share? This is the same thing that we got with Veer, and that went nowhere. Remember when Veer was coming all those weeks? He finally showed up on Raw and they fed him these same types of jobbers. That went nowhere. Now it's the same thing, but this time he has a tag team partner. Where does this go? I don't know. I don't know. You're going to present these guys as an unbeatable force in the tag team division. And what is going to happen? Do you plan on giving them the tag team titles? Because the first sign of them being beaten by somebody, the mystique is gone. You are building these guys up as unstoppable monsters. The first team that beats them, they're done. As soon as they are beaten, nobody will believe in them being the monsters that you want us to believe they are. This is why I don't like the way that they handle tag teams like this. This is an old, this is an old method. This is an old style tag team, big bruiser type tag team. These types of tag teams don't get over in the WWE because WWE's clueless on where they go after this. We're going to have weeks and weeks and weeks of jobber matches, and then what? And then what? Is that going to be enough for the fans to think they deserve a tag team title match? I don't think so. This is going straight to nowhere. Mark my words. Mark my words. If WWE had a set of trios titles, then maybe that's a different story. Jinder and Veer and Sangha could be perfect candidates for a trio's set of tag team titles in WWE. But the tag team titles that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have? I don't think so. They're, they may never be ready. I really don't. But where is it going? Straight to nowhere. Speaking of which, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They're out there on Monday Night Raw with no story on Monday night. None. Sammy says they didn't just retain their tag team titles. They won. No lies. They won. They beat Reigns and Solo. He says what they did. Said, he said that what they did, they, they told you exactly how they were going to get there. They watched the bloodline crumble, and it was the worst night of Roman Reigns' life, and he deserved everything that he got. He said Reigns might hold his title for another 1,000 days and main event the six the next six WrestleManias. Sami Zayn's been pretty spot on with his predictions, man. I don't know if he should be putting that out there. Roman Reigns main eventing the next six WrestleManias and another 1,000 days for Roman Reigns' title reign? Oh, my goodness. But it doesn't matter more than the fact that we won. Imperium interrupted. Ladies and gentlemen. Ludwig Kaiser's out there interrupting with Baldy. That's what they're calling uh, Giovanni Vinci. Baldy. And Gunther. Owens asked, what are you guys doing out here? He says, it's not the wild, wild west. You have to wait for someone to call you out. He went into a rage. He started yelling. He started just going off on Imperium. 
talking about breaking the unwritten rule. Sami Zayn tried to calm him down. Fans chanted KO, KO, because they enjoyed seeing him get very animated. Sammy told Kevin Owens to take it easy. Listen, Sammy said it's an unwritten rule because they didn't say their name. He said the last time they faced off, they, along with Riddle, beat them, Imperium, and embarrassed them. Ludwig Kaiser said they embarrassed themselves and aren't worthy of standing on the sacred mat and representing Raw. Owens said what he wonders is why the bald guy never talks. We always hear from Ludwig Kaiser, and we also hear from Big Ears, he calls Gunther, but we never hear from the bald guy. He never talks. I really want to know what his opinion is on everything. He called Kaiser Slenderman and Gunther the one with the big ears. So Giovanni Vinci is now baldy. Kaiser yelled, how dare you besmirch us? Totally a Vince McMahon line. Totally a Vince McMahon line. Chad Gable interrupted with a shoosh. He walked out with Otis and Maxine Dupree. He says they want to hand out lessons. Owens and Sammy X Gable to say that thing that always pops them. And he did the, uh, and thank you. And everybody laughed. I actually quite enjoyed this segment, but I don't know why we're continuing to go with Imperium against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens right now. That's something down the line I'd like to see, but right now, I don't think that should be the case. So we got Chad Gable and Otis against Imperium. This went five minutes. That is criminal. That two teams like this went five minutes. They should be going 15 minutes. WWE can have a great tag team division if they just let the tag teams work. Five minutes between these four guys is awful. Owens and Sammy were on commentary. Sammy said Imperium should be at the back of the line because they beat them. He's not wrong. I don't even know why they're in line for tag team titles right now anyway. They just got here. This is a match that should be built up as a big deal. Imperium should be built up as a big deal. They got this match done in the first fucking few weeks on Monday night following the draft. That's how terrible WWE's logic is. So Otis tagged in after Chad Gable was being beaten down. He is in there against Kaiser, Slenderman, and he did the caterpillar into an elbow. Giovanni Vinci Baldi broke up the cover. Imperium came back with a double-team sequence on Gable. They did the Imperial Bomb off the top rope. One, two, three for the win, and Imperium beats the team of Otis and Gable. American Alpha, says Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn knows. Sami Zayn knows, man. He accidentally called them American Alpha tonight. They are the Alpha Academy. Everybody misses American Alpha. I do. If you guys know the black and gold days, man, you know how great American Alpha really was. Awesome fucking tag team. I don't know why they're trying to rebuild Imperium as credible contenders after they just fed them to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens a few weeks ago. Maybe you shouldn't have done the match last week or, 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 or two weeks ago. Now they're trying to build them up as credible contenders for the tag team titles. But you've already done this match. 
Beating Gable and Otis is not going to change anything. Beating Gable and Otis is not going to make them the number one contenders for the tag team titles. A little logic, please. I don't know how many times I got to repeat myself. The tag team titles and the divisions should be merged. This would give everybody an opportunity to be on the same fucking show, and the tag team vision would have an op- the division should have an opportunity to flourish with the titles being won and the division being won. Raw does not have a suitable division for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They don't. Just speaking facts. Kathy Kelly interviewed Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez, smiley Raquel, always smiling, lost her tag team partner, <laughs> got a new tag team partner, <laughs> lost the tag team titles, <laughs> lost the tag team title match tonight, <laughs> always smiling. The fuck is that a smile about? You're on Raw. Interviewed Raquel and Shotzi. They were interrupted by Bailey and EO. Bailey says they're not even a real tag team. I don't see I don't see any lies detected here. Bailey, 100 percent factually correct. She says, they're not a real team. Raquel asks Bailey if that's true. She's the only member of Damage Control that hasn't worn gold yet. She said after tonight, Bailey should look herself in the mirror. <laughs> Raquel, smiling while she said this to Bailey. Fatal four way Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi Blackheart versus Bailey and EO Sky. Versus Shayna Baszler and Ronda. Green and Sonya Deville. This is a fatal four-way for the uh, WWE Tag Team Titles. Women's Tag Team Titles. Now, I will say this. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't all that good either. But it wasn't terrible. And we have new women's tag team champions in Shayna Baszler and Ronda Drowsy. They win the fatal four-way here, and Ronda barely did anything. Ronda continues to barely do anything, man. Now I see why she teamed with Shayna Baszler. She's going to have Shayna Baszler do all the work, and Ronda's going to fucking sleep on the apron for most of the match. That's exactly what's going to happen. So, 
Obviously, all eight of these women, they're in there doing their thing, and the big showdown in this match was clearly going to be with Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez and Ronda Drowsy. So they saved that for the end. So Rodriguez was about to give her the Tejana bomb, Ronda, but Baszler saved her. Rodriguez gave Baszler a Tejana bomb, which allowed Rousey to put her arm in an arm bar. Bailey broke up that with a flying elbow off the top rope. Chelsea Green tagged herself in, and then she double-teamed Rodriguez with Sony Deville. They got a near fall. EO wiped them out with a springboard double drop kick, which always looks fucking great by EO. EO gave Rodriguez a, Rodriguez a meteor, but Shotzi broke up the cover before taking out Bailey with a dive. Shotzi gave EO a face buster and a dragon suplex, but Sky came back with a flapjack. Sky set up for the big moonsault, but Rousey tagged herself in. This was the first time outside of the beginning of the match that Rousey was in. She tagged herself in. This set up for a Tower of Doom spot with Shotzi bringing down EO and Rousey with a powerbomb. So Shotzi tried a diving senton, but Rousey countered into an armbar. Shotzi tapped immediately. She wasn't even in the armbar for about a half a second. She already tapped out. So Ronda Rousey and Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are the new women's tag team champions. <laughs> Rodriguez, I'm sure, somewhere is smiling that Ronda and Shayna are the new women's tag team champions. Listen, I could sit here and I could crack jokes on this match and the tag team titles and the entire tag team concept in the women's division. I want you guys to understand something. All of my criticisms are valid. WWE, for the last, I don't even know how many years, four years, for the last four years, have done absolutely nothing with the tag team championships. Zero. So why all of a sudden do you believe that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are going to do anything with the women's tag team titles? I don't, I don't really understand how anybody looks at this and doesn't complain. Honestly, think about this. For the last four years, they've done nothing with the tag team titles. And now all of a sudden, because Ronda Rousey is holding tag team title gold in WWE, there's going to be some miraculous fucking resurrection of the tag team division. The tag team division is non-existent in WWE. All of these teams are not real teams. They're not. Bailey and EO aren't even a real team. They're only in the same fucking faction for now until they break them up. There's no real teams in WWE, but one. That's Caden Carter and Katana Chance, which have yet to debut on Monday Night Raw. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler will bring no change to the division. They're not going to make the titles prestigious. They're not going to do anything with those tag team titles. And you're right back in the same boat that you were in when Raquel and Liv Morgan were the tag team champions, when Damage Control were the tag team champions. Nothing will change, period. I don't get what is so difficult to grasp when it comes to the tag team division. This shit sucks. The women's tag team division should be abolished and the titles burned. That's what should be. I don't know why we're still here. The only champions you had in this entire company with these titles 
were Sasha Banks and Bailey, and then and then Sasha and Naomi. And what did WWE do with Sasha Banks in both of those tag teams? Waste Sasha Banks and Bailey. Waste Sasha Banks and Naomi. That is it. There hasn't been one fucking tag team since Sasha Banks and whomever she was partners with that held any credibility with these tag team titles. Facts. Tell me when I'm telling lies. I don't. WWE should abolish the tag team division. They should abolish the fucking titles, retire the titles, and get the fucking titles off TV. That's what they should do. WWE had the perfect opportunity to merge the NXT women's tag team titles, which, by the way, I'm not sure if you realize are on the main roster. WWE had the perfect opportunity to merge these titles with this match. And they did not. They failed. Why do we have two sets of women's tag team titles? One from NXT. That show's on Tuesday night. Why are they on Friday night? Why are they on the main roster? Is anybody going to answer that fucking question? Are we going to get an explanation for that? Maybe rectify that problem? Yeah, but Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are going to bring change to the tag team division. Nothing will change. The title should be burned. The division should be completely fucking abolished. And you know what WWE should do? We, instead of having two sets of irrelevant tag team titles... WWE should create a secondary mid-card singles women's championship like the Intercontinental title for the women's division. That would bring change. That would bring the spirit of competition. That would be different. And it would make a lot more sense to have a singles championship reintroduced instead of a tag team title that goes nowhere And WWE is beating around the bush and running around in circles with makeshift tag team after makeshift tag team after makeshift tag team. Nobody cares. Every single time this title and a team is on the show in a match defending the title, I legitimately am fucking asleep. Dead. Get it off TV. The title experiment in the women's division has failed. How many more times do we need to be subjected to the same fucking irrelevant garbage that absolutely goes nowhere? Get rid of it. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Honestly, I mean that wholeheartedly. Moving on. J.D. McDonough. The fake J.D., by the way. Just want you guys to know, okay? I'm the I'm the ace. He's the Irish ace. I'm the New York ace, okay? JD McDonough and Dolph Ziggler. Two minutes. Imagine that. Imagine having somebody like Dolph Ziggler and JD McDonough in a match on Monday Night Raw, and they go two minutes. The funny thing is, JD McDonough and Dolph Ziggler, if you let them go 20 minutes, they would probably contest for match of the fucking weekend, if you let them go. Hopefully that's the case. Now, I don't really want to see a long, drawn-out feud, but a wrestling match between the two, I would pay money for. I would be interested in seeing. J.D. McDonough came out, he got zero reaction. Zero reaction from the crowd in Albany. Nobody knew who the fuck he was. Nobody knows who he is. 
WWE thinks that they can run one vignette and everybody's going to know who J.D. McDonough is. WWE should have kept up on the vignettes. They had a show last week. You know how many mentions of J.D. McDonough we got? Zero. You know how many vignettes of J.D. McDonough we got? Zero. The only time we got a fucking vignette of J.D. McDonough was two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. You think people in WWE give a shit? What, what happened two weeks ago? Think the fans give a shit about what happened two weeks ago? McDonough is out there. Zero reaction. Dolph Ziggler, zero reaction. Nice reaction. McDonough avoided a corner charge by Ziggler and then drove his head and shoulder into the mat. This was a sloppy two minutes. I don't know what had happened. J.D. McDonough went for his finishing move. The devil inside, he calls it. It's like a ripcord German suplex. And I don't know what the fuck happened. Dolph Ziggler did not know what the fuck he was doing. He completely botched the move, and he landed right on top of his head. So they're on the outside. He threw Ziggler to the floor, ran him into the announce desk. He then threw him into the ringside steps. He rammed Ziggler into the stairs over and over and over again, and the referee had to stop the match, and he got himself disqualified. J.D. McDonough got himself disqualified, and Dolph Ziggler wins by DQ. Now, I didn't mind this. I did mind the match that they did two minutes, two minutes, but I did not mind this because I think this is going to play into a bigger story for him. This is exactly who J.D. McDonough is. He's a cold, calculating son of a bitch. They are going to portray him the same way that they had him in NXT. He's going to be a violent, maniacal son of a bitch. And that's exactly what you're seeing here. Now, he did get booed after destroying Dolph Ziggler here. Whether that was piped in or not, I don't know. But the post-match beatdown looked pretty decent from J.D. McDonough. There was no clue or no Judgment Day out there about him potentially joining Judgment Day. If you guys remember the first time we saw J.D. McDonough and he attacked Dolph Ziggler in the Battle Royal a couple of weeks ago, Finn Balor was watching him leave the parking garage. We got no clue or no inkling of him joining Judgment Day or being recruited by Judgment Day. So, I like this. I like McDonough. McDonough is great. It just sucks that the NXT talent that gets called up to the main roster, they have to go through this difficult fucking period on the main roster where WWE doesn't give them the resources to get over and WWE more times than not throws them out there and expects them to fucking swim and and more, more times than not, they sink. No reaction, no care from the crowd. J.D. McDonough is too good for that. Hopefully things turn around for him. I think him in the judgment day is absolutely the way to go, so hopefully that is still the plan. Oh, my goodness. We got Mr. Saturday Morning Cartoon himself, Cody Rhodes. He's up next. Great. Cody. He's out there. He's got his arm in the sling. He's selling that arm injury is the roller coaster, right? He's out there. The fans, they're singing his song, and they do the typical, whoa! Gotta love it. He's in the ring, Albany, New York. What do you want to talk about? I don't know, Cody. How about a fucking explanation, man? Really? What are we going on? Six weeks now with no explanation? How about a fucking explanation? Talked about losing via referee stoppage. 
at Night of Champions, he said his contemporaries told him that he was foolish to fight Brock Lesnar with one arm and crazy not to tap out. He says he didn't tap out not because he wasn't in agony, but because that's not the man he wants to be. Really? Really? So Cody is basically telling you that he's stupid. He's telling you that he's basically a stupid human being. Great. Nice to know. He said years ago, he probably would have tapped out and lived to fight another day. He says he's had enough highs and lows to know sometimes second chances don't present themselves. Really? You're having a very difficult opportunity here, Cody Rhodes, by getting this second chance that everybody thought you were going to get against Roman Reigns. You're making it very difficult to even want or get the fans on board for a second chance. This storyline is ruining all of that big time. He says there was once a wildly popular star who said never give up. Man, oh man, I wish that you would give up. So now we're indirectly referencing the character that Vince McMahon is modeling you after. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So Vince McMahon had Cody Rhodes go out there and indirectly talk about a wildly popular superstar who said, never give up. Cody Rhodes is the 2023 version of of John Cena confirmed. He said he had a question for Lesnar. I know what the question should the question question should be to Brock Lesnar, Cody. How about why? Why? This man says he has a question for Brock Lesnar. Why is the biggest question that you could possibly ask him? He says he has to ask the question into the camera because he's not there. I assume you have taken your annual vacation. He asked if he's satisfied with the one and one record against him. He told him to consider this an open challenge. He says, I'll post his, my whole schedule online. He says, if he's standing in a ring, he is ready to fight him. He said, Lesnar is a beast and beast enough to break his arms, but not man enough to make him tap out. He said, if Lesnar doesn't accept his challenge, they can add another thing to the list, which is Brock Lesnar is afraid of what cannot be broken, and he is afraid of Cody Rhodes. <laughs> oh my God, man! Now we got we got Cody Rhodes going to the fucking cl- classes that Dolph Ziggler takes to be a comedian, man. Cody Rhodes is uh, trying to be a comedian. Let, let me tell you something, bro. You keep this shit up, you'll be in. Uh, you, you'll have that fucking comedy lesson just go completely full time on you. He'll be a full blown comedian by the time he gets uh, finished with Brock Lesnar. Nobody's gonna give a shit about this. What did he actually say here? What did Cody Rhodes actually say here tonight? He said nothing. He said nothing. Did anything that Cody say get you more excited for a third match? Did anything Cody Rhodes say here make any sense? Did anything Cody Rhodes tell you tonight 
wasn't anywhere close to being an explanation. He says he's got one question for Brock Lesnar. I don't understand how you can send this man out there and have him ask Brock Lesnar a question and have it not be the question of why? 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 You have been beaten for the last five weeks and nobody wants a fucking answer. Oh, but Brock Lesnar doesn't need a reason. There doesn't need to be an explanation. I don't know what fucking show you watch, but every time I watch episodic television, I want shit to make sense. Cody Rhodes did not ask the most important question in the entire fucking story. Why? Yet I'm supposed to sit here and be invested in Cody's kayfabe broken arm. Everything from Saturday fucking sucked. The match sucked. It was an illogical fucking circus if I ever seen one. This man's out there doing fucking Cody cutters with a kayfabe broken arm. Besides, this guy's out there, and he's fucking hanging on like he's wrestling Ric Flair in the 1980s with a figure four applied in the middle of the ring. Guy's reaching for a rope with a broken arm. What the fuck am I watching? Let me get Brock Lesnar to really put a Kimura on you if you got a broken arm. You're going to sit there and fucking reach for the bottom rope to break the fucking hold? Guy would have been fucking tapped out within a blink of an eye. No, but I got to sit here and I got to suspend my disbelief because Cody Rhodes is being valiant and heroic and he's overcoming the odds. Give me a fucking break. What am I, four years old? Cody Rhodes is insufferable and it's not even his fault. It's not even his fault. I blame Vince. This is all Vince McMahon's doing. You think Cody has a fucking say in what he's doing? Cody has no say in what he does. He's no EVP. He's got no fucking storyline rice. He's got no pen to write his vision and finish his story. Vince is finishing his story. Vince has already fucking written Cody's book. This shit is already being fucking donated to the goddamn library. I want nothing to do with this story. Absolute fucking garbage. But the kids love him. He's selling a ton of merch. He's selling all that Nightmare Family merch. The American Nightmare. Give me a fucking break. I told you guys on Saturday, I wanted adversity. This is not the type of adversity that I wanted. Cody's story was very simple. He got fired or he asked for his release. WWE put fucking Stardust as a priority. He didn't want Stardust. He wanted to be the American Nightmare. He left to go to the Indies. He made a household name out of himself. He started AEW with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Adam Page. He became an EVP. He was the face of that company. He left there to come back home. And he got welcomed... Back into the company, and it should have been the struggle to get to the top because of what they initially thought of him. WWE and the machine should have never welcomed him back the way that they did. 
that should have created a struggle for him to prove himself in the WWE, not by going into a fucking feud with Brock Lesnar and having it turn into some Saturday morning fucking grade four childish cartoon. I expert adversity. Daniel Bryan battling the authority is adversity. Real life, relatable adversity. This shit sucks. This shit's garbage. This shit's going to turn off everybody except the four-year-olds. Good luck getting Cody to WrestleMania 40 next year and having people like us give a fuck. By the time we get to SummerSlam, this guy's going to be the fucking odds-on favorite not to beat Roman. More people are going to want Rollins to be the guy than Cody. People have absolutely lost their mind. You say anything negative about Cody, it's the end of the world for these people. How could you? How could you? You don't understand. There is a story. He's fighting from behind. He's, uh, he's valiant and heroic and all this other shit. I never asked for Super Cody. You like that Vince McMahon is modeling Cody Rhodes after John Cena? The fuck do they have in common? Why does Cody need to be John Cena? Cody is his own man. Cody has his own story. By the time we get to WrestleMania 40, I hope Roman wins again. Awful. Now, where do we go from here? Does this match happen at Money in the Bank? Does Cody get this match at SummerSlam? Does he win Money in the Bank? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what they have planned? Who knows what they have planned? But what we have been given already, I don't even want to know what they have planned. Because if it's this bad already, who the fuck knows where it goes next? Who on Monday Night Raw? After Theoretically, ask yourself this. After he's finished with Lesnar, what does he do on Monday Night? Who does he feud with on Monday Night? Who is on Monday Night that you want to see Cody feud with? Who on Monday Night is good enough story-wise, good enough to get Cody to that next level and keep him hot, keep that momentum riding, keeping that finish-the-story narrative going. Before you know it, people are going to be all sour on Cody Rhodes. This is why I say Summer Slam or bust. Summer Slam or bust. I would have Brock Lesnar. This is what I would do. This is what I would do right here. This is what I would do with Cody Rhodes. I would have Cody Rhodes win Money in the Bank, heal up, keep him off TV, have him qualify for Money in the Bank, have him go into the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, win the fucking briefcase, cash it in on Roman, have him win the title, and have him become the new world heavyweight champion. Move Cody over to SmackDown. Cody's the guy on SmackDown now. Roman's got the bloodline shit to worry about. And the first chance that Cody is the champion, then we see Brock Lesnar. Then we see the third match after he's the WWE undisputed heavyweight champion. At least at that point, it would make a little bit more sense because Lesnar can't challenge for the world title, but he could certainly do so if Cody's the champion. That's what I would do. 
Then you have Cody beat Lesnar when it actually counts. When he's the champion and he slays the beast as champion once and for all. And we can finally end this shit and move Cody over to SmackDown to start his title reign. That's what I would do. SummerSlam or bust. That's it. If you wait till WrestleMania, you are completely setting yourself up for failure. Guarantee it. Kathy Kelly interviewed Ronda Drowsy and Shayna Baszler backstage. Rousey said that they don't care about fickle fans, but not because the fans wanted it, but because they are the baddest team on the planet. She says they demand to be recognized as the best, and the belts now prove it. No, they don't. Ronda Rousey is delusional, and the belts don't mean jack shit for Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Give me a break. Give me a break. So we move on from that, and we got another Money in the Bank qualifier. Shinsuke Nakamura and Bronson Reed. This was actually pretty decent here. I was expecting Bronson Reed to get the victory and for Bronson Reed to go on to Money in the Bank, but I was completely wrong here. Shinsuke Nakamura is going on to Money in the Bank. He qualifies over Bronson Reed in a decent little TV match here. Reed was trying to shoulder tackle off the apron, but Nakamura kicked his leg out. And he gave him a knee drop on the apron. So that did not work for Bronson Reed. Reed regained control after a small commercial break. Nakamura came back with some kicks. Tried the sliding German suplex. Reed avoided the Kinshasa, hit a Samoan drop, and then a senton. Reed went to the top to go for the big tsunami. But Nakamura kicked his leg out again and perched him on the top rope, stomach first. Nakamura came off the top rope, but Reed caught him with a thrust kick. Followed with a power slam. He then went back up top for the tsunami for a second time. Nakamura moved out of the way, surfed himself out of the way, and hit consecutive Kinshasas. So Reed rolled to the outside. Nakamura went after him. Nakamura tried to kick. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It looked like he missed him completely. Uh, Reed barely beat the 10 count back into the ring. He rolled into the ring. Waiting was Nakamura with a Kinshasa. For the one, two, three. So it took three Kinshasas to beat Bronson Reed and for Nakamura to advance into the Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm actually surprised Bronson Reed didn't win. I know Triple H is booking Bronson Reed as a monster on Raw, and he's going to be the pet project of creative here. But Nakamura, I mean, I don't know why the match was booked to to begin with. You, You want both guys to be looking strong. Nakamura needs some wins. They moved him on Monday night or moved him to Monday night to kind of resuscitate his career. Bronson Reed also is a newcomer. He needs some wins. And it's a lose-lose situation here, depending on where they want to go. It's a lose-lose situation. Shinsuke Nakamura gets the victory. Bronson Reed goes down, and he's not going to money in the bank. Dominic Mysterio. Judgment Day was backstage with Byron Saxton, Dominic, Rhea, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Byron Saxton interrupted Judgment Day. He congratulated Rhea Ripley on defeating Natalia. Ripley says she just didn't beat Natalia. She destroyed her. She got nattied. Ripley told Saxton that they were busy and wanted him to leave. 
Saxton said he had one more question. He wanted to know which one of them, or which two of them, actually, were facing Rollins and Styles. Damian Priest said, listen, I'm not telling you anything. We got business to conduct. Go do your job and get the fuck out of here. Basically what Damian Priest said. World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins and AJ Styles against Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Now, this was a decent main event. It didn't really mean much of anything, but it was a decent main event. Now, before the match started, they made it look like Dominic would be Damian Priest's partner, but Balor attacked Rollins from behind, and they used Dominic as a decoy. That was pretty cool. So everyone traded moves here. Styles set up the phenomenal forearm early. Dominic yanked him off the apron. Styles was threatening to beat up Dominic, so Priest ran and tackled Styles over the announce desk, and he absolutely got blasted. Then Styles, fucking huge tackle, rolled over the announce desk, landed on the floor. Great looking spot. Rhea Ripley held Styles outside the ring for Dominic to attack while the referee was distracted. So more shenanigans by the Judgment Day. Rollins attacked Dom, got sick of this shit, tossed him into the ring and into the referee's legs. The referee saw Dominic and uh, and threw Dominic and Rhea Ripley out from the ringside area and kicked them out. So they're gone. Rollins made a hot tag after Styles was being beaten up. Hit Balor with some clotheslines, a thrust kick, another clothesline, springboard knee, super kick. So high octane offense here by Seth Rollins. Balor fought back, tagged in Priest, knocked Styles off the apron. Rollins, he evaded a chokeslam attempt, but Priest took him out with a clothesline for a two count. Rollins gave Priest a superplex, but Priest countered the Falcon Arrow portion of the superplex. And did one of his own. He calls that the broken arrow. Balor made a blind tag. He missed a coup de grace. Rollins hit a super kick. Styles tagged in. Hit Priest with some strikes. Fireman's carry neck breaker. Yushi Garoshi. Rollins wiped out Balor with a suicide dive. Priest avoided a phenomenal forearm. And got Styles up in Razor's Edge. Delivered the razor's edge. Rollins broke up the cover by stomping Priest. He gave him the curb stomp in the pin and knocked him out. Rollins tagged back in. Priest was getting up again, and he delivered a second stomp, this time for the one, two, three. Really good tag team match to close the show, but it ultimately meant nothing. It did not advance any storyline. It did not present any new opportunities for any of these guys. It was just there this felt like a monday night raw main event where wwe had their talent land late last night early this morning from saudi arabia and they didn't really have anything else on the plan or anything else on the itinerary for this monday night raw and they barely skated by by putting on this show and putting on this main event and there was no direction coming out of it no direction going into it no direction coming out of it As of right now, Rollins doesn't have a clear-cut challenger for Money in the Bank and the World Heavyweight title. Unless we're getting a rematch with AJ Styles and he turns heel and he brings the OC with him on Monday Night Raw, or we get Seth Rollins versus somebody in the Judgment Day. I don't know. I don't know. Neither one of those options is all that intriguing to me. So right now, we are not off to the hottest of starts for the world title reign of Seth Rollins on Monday night. Again, I ask, where are the stories? 
Where are all the stories on Monday night? There aren't any. Cody and Lesnar, no story. The main event tonight with Rollins, Styles, and, and Judgment Day, no story. None. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, no story. The women, no story. Where is the story? That's what I ask. Monday Night Raw, man, in the books. I appreciate you guys very much for hanging out with me on this Monday night. Uh, it was not the greatest of nights for WWE creatively, but the wrestling. The wrestling is still always very good, man, no matter what. They got a talented roster. That's the fucking problem. They got a talented roster. They should be doing more with what they have. Anyway, guys, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 823 likes. We should have nowhere under 1,000 likes. 1,000 minimum is the goal. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it. On the homepage, go check out the extras. Go check out all of the live streams that you might have missed. Everything you need is there. Get those super chats in. Last call. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And please, make sure you guys check out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. The summertime is officially here. And I hope you guys are already getting that beach bod ready to go, man. Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair. And if you grew some winter mantis, the least you can do is make sure that they are hairless. It's time to get ready for the hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com. 20% off. Free shipping with code SCRIPT20 at checkout. You're going to get the Performance Package 4.0, guys. That's what you're going for. The Lawnmower 4.0. They got the Weed Whacker 2.0 for those ear and nose hairs. They got the Crop Preserver, their Bowl Deodorant, their Crop Reviver, their Bowl Toner. You're also going to get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you guys are going to need the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. 20% off, free shipping. Code SCRIPT20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping with code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Manscaped.com. Make sure you guys are right for the summer. Let's start at the top here, man, with some super chats. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. VKM, Mayfeud, Sammy, and KO with the bloodline all summer. I hope to God not fucking over now Jimmy and Jay are Roman's problem not Sammy and KO 
Justin Bordeaux with a one month. Thank you, brother. The women's tag team division is lifeless and non-existent, like the Celtics in Game 7. Jonathan, I am uh, sorry if you're a Celtics fan, brother. I'm sorry to all the Boston Celtics fans. I know you guys wanted this one, but Miami and Denver in the finals. Gary Gordon with a $10 super chat. Boston Celtics couldn't finish the story. Miami Heat, baby. Was that me or was Shotzi botching left and right? Gary, Shotzi is usually botching every time she's in the ring. She's just not very good. Peter Gaymore. 220. Where's Omas? Hashtag finish the story. I don't know where Omas is, Peter. MGM Ballin with a 999. Small logic gap bothering me from AW last night. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the acclaimed win a battle royal to earn the trio's title shot? Was it a surprise open challenge? Why was it a surprise open challenge? I have no idea about that battle royal, bro. Was that battle royal a winner to win a trio's title shot? I don't even remember. I don't think that was the case. D apostrophe with a 499. We could have cut the Indo Share Squash BS and gave McDonough and Dolph more airtime. We couldn't even get Dolph's full intro. Dolph is a jobber. What do you what do you expect, bro? Junk man junk and Jason Barker. Thank you guys for your unbelievable generosity. Black MacGyver with a $10 super chat. Only highlight of the night was the Baldy chant. And Dominic's the biggest heel in wrestling. Dominic is not the biggest heel in wrestling. MJF is the biggest heel in wrestling. Ricardo Linnell with a $10 super chat. AJ Styles can show up from SmackDown on Monday Night Raw, but Asuka and Bianca fight for the Raw women's title and can't even be traded properly back to Raw. Make it make sense. Hashtag OTS for life. Ricardo, I do not see any lies in your comment. I don't. Peter Gay Moore with a 550, a 220, a 220, and a 220. And a 220. Peter Gay Moore loves OTS. Uh, Vince should have gotten drafted to the retirement home. Now, that would be good shit, pal. I have my Omas pajamas on. Omas versus Reigns would be our Austin versus Rock. Omas should beat KO and Sammy and defend the belts alone. And Omas versus Rhea for the title. Let's go. Peter Gaymore loves Omas, folks. What could I tell you? He's got an Omas shrine in his bedroom, I hear. Thank you, Peter. You're quite the character, Peter Gaymore. 
Joseph King with a 16 months in the OTS venue. Thank you, Joseph. I think Jay White would either go for the AEW International title or him and Juice will challenge for the tag team titles. Which do you prefer? Um, right now, it looks like it could be the tag team titles. I have no problem with that. The Jay White narrative and complaining about Jay White being treated unfairly in AEW is ridiculous. He's been there for a month and a half. The fuck do you want him to do? 24 with a 199. Miz hit a springboard crossbody tonight. That's a first. I don't know, man. I think they're trying to uh, resurrect what the Miz can actually do in there. I don't know. Or maybe he just wanted to show Ricochet what you could do, I could do better. I don't know. Phil with a 9.99. I'm hopeful for Money in the Bank this year with Ricochet and Shinsuke advancing so far. Zoe and Becky will most likely advance for the women. Hopefully WWE has plans so that last year doesn't happen. Uh, all I'm telling you, Phil, is this. LA Knight for the men, EO Sky for the women. Easy. Peter Gaymore with three more 220 Super Chats. Omos needs to win. Money in the bank. Can you say something in the... <laughs> voice. And... Whoa! Thank you, Peter Gamemore. Uh, Phil with another 999. I want to care about Cody, but I can't bring myself to care. He keeps saying the same thing, and the feud is going nowhere. This isn't the Cody that I want to beat Roman, and stop with the Cena references. We're going to build you into the next John Cena, pal. Little does Vince know, when John Cena and his reign of terror was underway, people stopped watching. Edward Liu. With a 499. All those years on the indies and AEW, Cody never looked and sounded this stupid. JD, do you think Cody is now regretting coming back to WWE with Vince? No. Cody loves being where he is. He don't give a fuck. This is exactly what he wanted. This is exactly what Cody wanted. N with a 499. Vince got to go. He is ruining one of the most natural baby faces in Cody. I pray to God Cody wins the briefcase so we can get him away from this feud. Maybe. I don't know how long they are going to diagnose that broken arm. How long does it take a broken arm to heal? Does anybody know that? How long, theoretically, how long is Cody going to have to wear that cast? He's got a broken arm. Will he even be competing in a, in a qualifying match with a broken arm? I have no idea. Phil with a 199. Rollins and Styles, can they coexist after Night of Champions? Absolutely. Three months, huh? Six weeks? Six to eight weeks. 
Six to eight weeks, huh? That'll take him right at the SummerSlam. Watch him win the fucking briefcase with one arm. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. If Cody didn't get injured, do you think he would have been booked differently or booked as he is now? No, he would have booked, he would have been booked completely different, and the win over Roman would have made even more sense. Because the story would have been there. Justin with a 199. Great stream as always. Congratulations, Heat fans. Thank you, Justin. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Were you a fan of Brutus the Barber Beefcake? No, I was not. Who do you think was a better face of the company, HBK or Brett? OTS for life. I am a Brett Hart guy, though I think Shawn Michaels is the greatest of all time. Just That's just my opinion. TM28, first time super chat with a $10 super chat. Captain Rhodes and his titanium arm cast to the rescue, pal. Cody is the superhero I've always needed in my life. Whoa! Thank you, TM. I appreciate you, brother. Johnny with a $2 super chat. No message. Brian with a 99 cent. No message. Captain Solo the five. What is the very beginning? What is the very first gaming system you remember playing a wrestling game on? And what was the game? Uh, It was definitely uh, the original Nintendo. I forgot the name of it, but... It had Hulk Hogan on the cover. It had, uh, I think, uh, Andre the Giant on the cover. I forgot the name of it. Let me see. I'm going to look it up right now. Old school WWE Nintendo game. Actually, you know what? It was, uh, I think it was WrestleMania. It was what it's called. WrestleMania? From Acclaim? Yeah. WrestleMania from Acclaim, and uh, the other one was Pro Wrestling. The original NES Pro Wrestling game. Those were my two. And Peter Gaymore with two more $2.20. I hope I dream of Omasville tonight. And then he says, I love Omas. Yes, Peter Gaymore, we know. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for a great stream tonight. I appreciate you guys very much. I have basically expired this evening. I am going to hop on some Destiny 2 and continue grinding my Season of the Deep. And then I'm going to get some fucking rest, man, because I'm exhausted. But thank you guys for joining me tonight, man. It's been a great one from the OTS Beer Garden. The Mustang is about to head on home. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you go and check out all the other content on the channel. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. 
And next time you see me, you will have some videos in your subscription boxes, man. Look forward to the news this week. Next time you see me back live, we'll be with Jesse on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite right here on OTS. Guys, thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for the support this weekend. Hopefully you had a great Memorial Day. And I'll see you right back here with more WWE, AEW news, rumors, and everything in between right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later. I don't even know why I come here. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.